All right, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs. We're going to start out in the book of Proverbs tonight, chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. And before I get into my message today, I want to just say that I planned this message. Uh, the Lord kind of spoke to my heart through something I saw at work on... Uh, on a TV commercial for an upcoming documentary that CNN has coming out about the 80s. And I was watching something on there, and they were showing a lot of the, uh, I guess a lot of it's about the fight against AIDS in the 80s. And I saw something on there that, you know, it just, to me, reminded me of something that the Bible teaches so clearly about really the mind of a reprobate. And, you know, while there was some, you know, when I saw this, and something that's so obvious to me, and I know probably obvious to you too, is like, you know, why doesn't the world understand this? And it's like, well, when you look at what the Bible teaches, it's very clear why the world just doesn't seem to get things that are so simple. And I, I was thinking a lot about this, uh, these passages and scriptures that we're going to cover tonight. And so I, I put all this message together, a lot of it earlier in the week. I finished it up yesterday. And so I want you to understand that absolutely nothing I'm preaching tonight has anything to do with what happened today um, in the gay community down there at the down there in Florida and um, this isn't doesn't have anything to do with that uh, you know when you see something like that a terrorist attack we've got to understand and I, folks I'm I'm the nicest guy in the world I'm not mean uh, I am I'm, I'm a nice guy okay but let, let's just be honest Muslim people, and I do, I really, I have a love for the Muslim people, I believe, because their religion is so similar to old, what the Old Testament teaches. And it's like if people could just give them the message of Jesus Christ, if they understood that, listen, you know, we can't keep the law, that we're all sinners, that we all fall short, and if somebody would just introduce Christ, in an accurate way to these people, you know, maybe they would come around. Maybe we could see them get saved. And I would love to see a revival in the Muslim community. But you understand that, according to their teaching, and even according to Old Testament law, that you know they killed a lot of people, didn't they? All right, there was a lot of people got put to death for a lot of things. And obviously, we know as Christians that we should never. You know, go around executing people ourselves. We should not go, you know, carrying out that type of thing. That is not our place to do that. But understand, in their religion, it is okay. And when we're trying to integrate them into a society where we also allow homosexuality, that's not going to work. Okay, you realize in Muslim countries, I mean, the way they get rid of, the, take care of the homosexuals, they throw them from buildings. I mean, they they do horrible things over there to them. They kill them all the time and then we want to bring them over here and encourage them in their religion and think that they're not going to want to do some of those same things over here. I mean, that's just it's pretty crazy to think that's going to work. But that kind of thing is going to continue to happen. And so, uh, you know, what I'm talking about tonight, it has nothing to do with that down there. Uh, those were two wicked groups. And you know what? Wicked people fight with each other all the time. Um, in Muslim countries... You know, they don't even get along with other Muslims. Okay, the Sunni and Shia and Kurd groups, they can't even get along with each other. They kill each other all the time, and we think we're going to bring them over here, and we're even more different 
than those groups and they're not going to want to kill us. It just it, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, I do want to talk about the subject tonight partly because it is the month of June and on May 31st, um, President Obama made a presidential proclamation declaring the month of June as LGBT Pride Month in America. And, you know, I do think it's interesting that they use the term pride. There are gay pride parades going all over uh, the place right now. They're going on, I believe today, a lot of them took place. And you always say that word gay pride, pride, pride. You know, they use that word all the time. And I think it's an appropriate word because, you know, you do see in the Bible in Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay? And the truth is, Pride is not exclusive to you know reprobates. You know uh, people, preachers struggle with pride. Christians struggle with pride. All of us struggle with pride. Satan gets people with pride all the time. But boy, when you promote pride, okay, then there's people that do that too. I mean, there are people that promote Baptist pride. Okay, now I'm I'm you know. I'm, you know, I guess I can say proud that I'm a Baptist. I'm not ashamed of it. But at the same time, I do try to have a humble attitude about it because being Baptist isn't going to get me to heaven. Um, Baptists aren't perfect. You could find all kinds of bad examples of Baptists out there. I mean, you know what? You know, one thing I just hate is when people, when they, you find out you're Baptist, and then they say, are you anything like that Westboro Baptist? And then it's just like, <laughs> you know, I'm ashamed of them. All right, and so I'm not going to make a huge, huge deal about that because there are Baptists are people, and there's a lot of faults uh, and with people, but with Christ, okay, there, we can be proud of that. And Paul said, "Forbid it, uh, Lord, that I should boast." You know, saving the cross of Christ. We don't have anything to brag about ourselves unless it involves Jesus Christ. But when you do, when you promote a pride, okay. It's only going to lead to destruction. Pride always brings destruction, no matter what group it's in. And in the LGBT community, we see destruction in that community. And I'm not talking about the terrorist activity, alright? That has nothing to do with it. What happened today is only going to give them an excuse to promote that. They're going to use that to try to silence people like me who speak out against it. That really what was done today, if anything, it will help them. Alright? Because martyrdom always helps groups, doesn't it? And it worked with Christianity when they were killing Christians, Christianity spread like wildfire, didn't it? Martyrdom always, you know, it, it never helps the it's never good for the enemy to do that. Okay? And so uh we see that in the Bible though, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And then what I want to focus on though tonight and talk to you about is basically the understanding of reprobate. Okay? Or I thought about calling this message reprobate pride. Because they are, they're celebrating pride, they're celebrating evil, and it's, I, do, I, do, I believe that most of these people are reprobates. And what a reprobate, the definition of it, it means, you know, not enduring proof or trial, not of standard purity or fineness. 
disallowed or rejected. Okay, the very first time the word reprobate is used in the Bible, and it actually uses this example in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it says, Reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. And it was talking about Israel. They were so wicked. They were so, the Bible said God's gonna, they're gonna, people are gonna call them reprobate silver. Okay, what is reprobate silver? Well, that's silver that just has, and there's so many impurities and things, and if there's so much junk in it, you really can't refine it. You can't purify it. It's really no good. And so you just cast it out. It means, you know, and so that word reprobate kind of means, you know, worthless or cast away. It's just, it's really, it's good for nothing. Another definition means abandoned in sin, lost to virtue or grace. And then it gives the verse in Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God, but in works deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and every good work reprobate. Okay, There are some people that uh, when it comes to good, they're worthless. They're reprobate. They're cast away. They accomplish nothing for the good. Another definition means abandoned to error or in apostasy. And it uses 2 Timothy 3.8. As an example, a person abandoned to sin, one lost to virtue and religion. And so, uh, and then there's another word for, or definition means to disapprove with detestation or marks of extreme dislike, to disallow, to reject it. Uh, it expresses more than disapprove or disallow. Okay, we disapprove of slight faults and improprieties, we reprobate what is mean or criminal. Okay, so I mean, you can see that reprobate, it is, it's a very strong word. I mean, it's a very strong word that just basically, you're done with this. You don't want it. It's no good. And the Bible many times, it uses, or it uses that term reprobate. It talks about those who are reprobate. There are some people that you can get to a point where you're just so far gone that you'll never be brought back. Okay, and why is that? You know, because reprobates they can't they can't be reasoned with. There's no coming back for a reprobate. And I don't know that as individuals, as humans, even as Christians, if we can necessarily determine when that person has become reprobate. Okay, like for example, I don't believe that every homo- person who calls himself a homosexual is a reprobate. I do believe the Bible says the blood of Christ can cleanse from all sin. Therefore, if somebody has maybe committed a sin in that area. Uh, I, I believe the blood of Christ can cleanse that. I believe they can be saved. However, there are many of them, especially the ones that are promoting this type of thing, that I do. I, I, it's very clear they've crossed the line. It's like there's just, there's no coming back for these people. And they really only have one purpose left on earth, and that's really judgment. That way, others can look and learn from the error of their ways. Look at what 2 Timothy chapter 3 says. Turn over to 2 Timothy Chapter three, and I'm going to tell you, you know, when you see what the Bible says about reprobates, it's very clear that there is no need for anybody, no matter what your belief system is, to think that they need to go and take vengeance out on these people. Let, Let me tell you, nature takes care of reprobates. Okay, God can take good enough care of them. I mean, we really don't need to do anything. But it says in Second Timothy three one, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, 
traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins and led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Okay, What's the Bible talking about here? Well, it mentions men like Janus and Jambres, those who withstood Moses. And God basically used them for destruction. God basically destroyed these people and then other people were able to look and they learned from that. And in a sense... God ended up being glorified. You may remember the story about Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, that offered strange fire before the Lord. And the Bible says that the fire came out and it consumed them. And then God afterwards, He said, I will be glorified. Basically, what God was saying is like, one way or the other, I'm going to get glorified. Either I'm going to be glorified by you all being obedient to what I tell you to do, or I will be glorified when I punish you and everybody sees it and then they're going to be like, man, we better listen to God. We better do what God says. And there are people out there, even in religion, like it's talking about in here, that concerning the faith, they are reprobate. People that are, I mean, absolutely good for nothing. They're only doing harm. I mean, there are false prophets out there. A lot of, a lot of the preachers that you see on television, they are accomplishing nothing for good. These people are reprobates, and I believe that God is the only way they can glorify God is by God taking out vengeance on them, by God judging them, by them being exposed for the liars they are. And we've seen some of these people that were false prophets that end up that were preaching false doctrine, and many times they do. They end up being found out that they were involved in all kinds of sin. They get busted for some kind of scandal, and they end up being ruined. And you know what? God's glorified. It causes others who would maybe be tempted to go that direction and teach that type of thing to not go that way and to not do that. And so, uh, judgment is another way that God is glorified. God's glorified in everybody. We glorify Him either through our obedience or we glorify Him, or He glorifies Himself through our punishment and destruction. And so a reprobate, someone who's reprobate, there is, there's no turning back. It says in here, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. There are some people that are out there that are spreading false doctrine. No matter how much Bible you show them, you're not going to win them over. You are not going to change their mind. They've crossed the line. They have said too much. They have gone too far. I mean, you might as well just go beat your head against that brick wall. I mean, I, I think we ought to try and do our best, but there's some people you are not going to succeed in winning them over. Concerning the faith, they are reprobate. And people do. They'll, they'll hear these people telling lies. It's like, why doesn't God do something? He's going to do something. Okay? They're going to end up being judged and God will be Glorified. You see, a, a reprobate is incapable of understanding the scriptures. All right, and I want you to go, turn over to Romans chapter one. I want you to understand this because many times people do they get frustrated 
because they try arguing with people that are reprobates. Okay, for example, you know the news media people—they can't seem to figure this stuff out. Well, that's because many of them are reprobates. Many of the people that you hear out there that are speaking in favor of all this stuff—they are—they're they're just completely reprobate. You can quote them scripture after scripture. It is literally impossible for them to get it. They've just crossed the line. And it says in verse twenty, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There, there is no reason for people not to believe God. Okay, I don't care. I mean, There is no way a person should be able to look at creation, look at this world, and think evolution. Think Big Bang. There is no excuse for that. I don't care what you were taught in school. I don't care how many dinosaur movies you watched when you were kids. I mean, you're just as foolish as all get out to think that this whole world got here by a Big Bang. This world is billions and billions of years old. There is no excuse for you to think that way. The, the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Okay, If a person would just be honest, they would understand that this world is a creation of God, well, why don't they get it? Why can't they seem to understand it? These people that are so smart, people who are looked at as geniuses, the greatest minds in the world, why can't they figure it out? It's impossible for them to because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Okay, Nobody started out as a reprobate. Nobody started out as a fool, all right? When you think about some of the reprobates that are out there, you know, when you think about the, you know, the Ellen DeGenerates and the Rosie O'Donnells and people like that, they didn't start out as reprobates. They weren't born to be a reprobate. They became a reprobate, all right? It's something, it happened to them as a result of them not liking God, not liking creation. We see now people, if they don't like their gender, they can just decide they're another gender. I mean, that's just as perverted as all get out. That makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, it, and it's like people who still have their right mind are looking there hearing the news media is all for it, the president's all for it, the politicians all for it. You know, what's going on? Why can't these people seem to get it? These people are smart, aren't they? No, they're, they're reprobate. Their mind has literally been bent, it's been warped, it's been changed. Okay? And if you want to know who did it to them, we're going to see a little bit. God did it to them. And there's a reason for it. Because it says, you know, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, into birds and four footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat or which was deserved. Okay? Now, if you make notes in your Bible, maybe that's a good place to maybe write AIDS. Okay? And you're going to see too that the diseases and things that are going on in the homosexual community, it's not a new thing. It's been going on 
since the Old Testament times. I'll show you some Scripture on that in a little bit. But even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Okay, And I thought about that verse when I was watching because I saw that commercial for that documentary about the 80s and the fight against AIDS. And it's like, why don't they see that this lifestyle just brings death? Why can't they see that? Why can't they figure out that mankind was not meant to do the type of things that they are doing? I mean, look at our government, the way they're working to try to make sure they can, you know, we've got politicians that are trying to ban fountain drinks, all right, you know, over 32 ounces. Because look what fountain drinks are doing. They're making people gain weight. You know, don't people realize what it's doing? Okay. Fountain drinks are making people gain weight. Well, you know what? Immorality is giving people STDs and all kinds of horrible things. Why aren't we worried about that? Why aren't we trying to stop that behavior? But we're worried about people putting on a few pounds. I mean, good night. Get your priorities right, people. And it's it's just it's ridiculous. But nobody it's like they don't realize they're not they're literally not capable of seeing that this doesn't work. I mean, it's like insanity. You all would think I was nuts if I was up here and I had this microphone and I just start hitting my hand and screaming in pain. And I'm like, this hurts. And I hit my hand. I'm screaming in pain. And then I'm throwing a fit. Why does this have to hurt? You know, the government needs to do something to make sure this doesn't hurt. You know, they need to invent a medication that I can take that will kill the pain so I can beat myself all I want without there being any pain. And that's basically what they're doing when they're saying, we've got to find the cure for AIDS. We've got to find the cure for AIDS. Well, why don't you stop doing the thing that's causing AIDS? Did you ever think about that? You know, there, I, there is no need for me to beat my hand with this microphone or a hammer. And there is no need for people. There is no purpose in them doing the horrible things they do that causes the horrible things that happen to them. There's no need for that at all. There's no purpose in it. There is nothing that is produced other than a fulfillment of a perverted desire. There's no, they, you know, they can't reproduce. I mean, it makes no sense. But the Bible says that God gives them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient. In other words, God is kind of punishment. Allows them to literally warps their mind. To where they will, they will literally kill themselves, damage themselves, to where there's just no coming back. And they do, even though they, you know, we have so much knowledge now of these diseases and what causes it, yet they still continue doing it. They don't stop. I mean, you look at that and it's like, why aren't people scared of this? And listen, even not just them, even heterosexual people that do, you know, that live promiscuous lifestyles, do they not realize the risks that are involved there? Do they not understand what these diseases and things do and what it is like to live with these things? What is wrong with these people? You know what? Their minds are bent. They're warped. Okay? And listen, God gave us nerves and things for a reason. Aren't you glad? Really, we ought to be thankful for pain. Because think about it. How many have ever put their hand on something hot before? Okay? Well, what happens when you put your hand on something hot? Those nerves send a signal to the brain that says, Stop! Okay? You know... Move your hand quick. If you didn't have those nerves that caused the pain, you just keep your hand there and it would 
get destroyed, wouldn't it? So really, pain, when you stop and think about it, it is, it's a good thing. It tells us, stop doing what we're doing. But yet, when it comes to certain lifestyles, even though it causes pain, disease, and emotional problems, the people aren't stopping. You know why? Because this is judgment. This is what God has given them over to a reprobate mind. And you could say it's their punishment. And they, and what's crazy about it, they literally continue enjoying the punishment. Enjoying the destruction. And you think, now wait a minute, why is that? Well, there's a reason that they God does that to them. There's a reason that God allows them to enjoy it. We'll cover that here in a minute. But another thing we need to understand is you know, when it comes to the reprobate, they completely ignore science. Okay, and this is you know, this might sound weird because as religious people, we're supposed to be the ones that ignore science, right? You know, as people that believe the Bible. But look what Levit, 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 can't talk. Leviticus chapter eighteen says. Leviticus chapter eighteen, verse twenty two. Remember, they didn't they didn't have microscopes back then. They didn't have the knowledge that we do today. You know, the Bible never mentions things like AIDS because they didn't come up with, you know, AIDS and decide that's what it was until I think it might have been the 80s or 70s maybe. I can't remember. But look what it says in Leviticus 18, verse 22. It says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Y'all see that? Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments. The land itself vomiteth out the inhabitants. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean, was God saying that when people did wicked things, the ground opened up and swallowed the people and then it threw them up? No. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, when it's saying the land vomiteth out the inhabitants, in other words, the land is killing them by disease. These people are, they were dying of these diseases back then. The people who lived these wicked lifestyles, some of these wicked groups that were out there that just did all kinds of horrible abominations, they were all dying of those diseases back then. The land itself was destroying these people because of their wicked, dirty, disgusting lifestyles. And it's still happening today. Even with all the things that we have today you know, to for cleanness, the things that we have to protect ourselves from germs, with the knowledge we have, it still can't protect people from the lewd behavior that goes on in these LGBT communities. It, just, it can't help them. They're still getting these diseases. Even with all the medications we have, it can't cure many of these things. And our land, the United States of America, the land of the free that allows people to do whatever they want, okay? our politicians can make all the laws they want, but you know what? Our land will always vomit those people out. Okay, And that's you know, another reason too. Not to... These people that want to defeat those groups by going and killing them, they're only going to help them by doing that. The land will take care of them. God will take care of them. God made this world that we have in a way that it, this planet takes care of itself. Everybody's worried about global warming and climate change. This planet was made, God made it to be able to fix itself. Okay, When we do things that mess 
mess things up. There's other things in nature that come along to fix it. Okay, And this planet's been around a long time and it will be around for as long as God wants it to be. Okay, And there are certain things that, that are. They are harmful to this planet. And so, there's things in this planet that will get rid of those things. And there are certain types of people and behavior that is, is bad for the planet. It's bad for mankind. And so, diseases and things, they kind of take care of that. It's the way God made this planet. If it didn't, it's going to end up spreading to everybody. All the innocent people are going to, and innocent people do get these things sometimes. And so, I mean, if it, you know, thank the Lord, there uh, there is some protection in our planet that's you know getting rid of these people early enough. They can't do any more damage, but they they ignore that. They ignore science. They don't see disease as a consequence, and they don't fear it. They're they're not afraid of it. They're not worried about it. You know, pain and suffering, it's just an obstacle. It's not a warning to them. Look at Second Corinthians chapter seven and verse ten. Second Corinthians chapter seven verse ten says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You see, there's a reason that God gives them over to that reprobate mind. Once a person becomes reprobate, and like I said, we don't know for sure when they hit that mark, but they've crossed the line. They're not coming back from it, and it's because God doesn't want them to. If they responded to the diseases and the pain and suffering the way that God made us to respond, well, they would end up realizing the error of their ways. They would get right. They would repent. They would end up getting saved. And it's it's too late. They had their chance, and they lost it. We'll see more verses on that in a little bit. But they don't they don't see it as a, as a consequence. It's just an obstacle. And I want to read something to you. This was a part of that presidential proclamation that the president made. But one of the things he said in that presidential proclamation says, "We remain committed to addressing health disparities in the LGBT community." Gay and bisexual men and transgender women of color are at a particularly high risk for HIV. And we have worked to strengthen our national HIV slash AIDS strategy to reduce new infections, increase access to care, and improve health outcomes for people living with HIV. He admits in this proclamation declaring the whole country, you know, the whole month of June is Gay Pride Month. Hey, we understand all the health concerns you people have. And he's using, and instead of saying, maybe there's something wrong with this lifestyle, you know, no, the government's going to fix it. And you know what? The government's not going to fix it. You know what they're going to do? They're going to spend a ton of money and not fix anything. That's, that's what they always do in these things. But I mean, even the president acknowledges the severe health problems that they have. And notice when it says, you know, especially amongst gay and bisexual men, and transgender women. Okay? And if y'all don't realize this, a transgender woman is actually a man. Okay? And you know, and the men are usually the more perverted. The men are usually the more active and out there. And so yeah, they you know you know why they have it worse? Because they do more of this stuff than a lot of the women involved in that type of thing. And that's the only reason they get more diseases is because they're just more involved in these things. But at the end of it, President Obama 
It says, I, Barack Obama, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim June 2016 as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Pride Month. I call upon the people of the United States to eliminate prejudice everywhere it exists and to celebrate the great diversity of the American people. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand this 31st day of May in the year of our Lord, 2016, and of the independence of the United States of America, 240th. I mean, is, is that not just disgusting? And you know, they say that we're the ones that are the haters. Yet we're the ones trying to give these people the way out. Trying to give them hope. Trying to protect them. Trying to see them saved. And here he is promoting something that's only going to continue to bring death. That's not love. That's not support. I mean, that's as hateful as you can get. If I hated, if I hated these people, I would, I would encourage them to continue doing what they're doing. Okay? If I hated you and you were up here beating yourself, I'd think it was funny. And I would, hey, you keep on doing it. Hey, it's not your fault that hurts. It's our government's fault that they're not coming up with good enough painkillers. You keep on beating yourself all you want and you enjoy it. And you poor victim that our country just doesn't do enough to help people like you. Maybe you just you were born with this problem. You like to hurt yourself. And you ought to be able to hurt yourself without consequence. That doesn't even make sense, folks. That's absolutely ridiculous, but it's no different than what our president's doing and what he's promoting. And see, while even the government, even our president understands the consequences and the dangers of this lifestyle... They continue to promote it. But understand, a reprobate, they do not respond to judgment. And there's a reason for that. Now, parents, when we punish our children, okay, and God, we talked about this morning, He punishes His children, doesn't He? But when, as a parent, when you punish your children, you are doing that to deter them from continuing on in a behavior that can end up causing them greater pain, don't you? As a parent, sometimes you will inflict pain on your child so they won't do things that will cause them greater pain in the future. And that's completely appropriate. You see that in the Bible. And God does that to us. Okay? But when judgment comes, all right, when God's wrath is poured out on a group, it is not to bring them back. It is not to turn them. It's to punish them. For example, the Bible teaches the death penalty. Now, how does the death penalty help criminals? Well, they don't ever do any more bad things. But it doesn't help them, does it? No, it's judgment, isn't it? It's punishment. It's not supposed to help them. It's supposed to stop them from doing anything else. And so, a reprobate, when God is punishing them, He's punishing them to punish them, not to turn them. Okay, And they don't get it. Okay, In Revelation 1, uh, verse 7, after the rapture comes, people are not going to be getting saved. Okay, When God pours His wrath out on this world, it is to judge the world, not to turn them to Him. Now is the time to do that. And in Revelation 1.7, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierced Him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, Amen. You know what the world's going to do when Christ returns? They are going to wail. Does that mean they're going to turn to Him after that? They're going to repent of their deeds? No. Revelation 6.15, "...and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us 
And hide us from the face of Him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of His wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? They're not repenting. They're just, you know, they're just trying to hide from Him. Whatever we can do to get away from the wrath of the Lamb, they're calling off for the mountains to fall on them because they're too scared to even kill themselves. They're not trying to get right. They're not turning to Him. Revelation 9.20 And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts. Okay, when God, God's pouring His wrath out in Revelation chapter 9 and they are not repenting. You know why? Because you know what happens when you repent? You get saved. But they're not. God doesn't want them to get saved at this point. They've crossed the line. They've waited too long. And they have that reprobate mind. Their mind has been warped. And even while they are suffering, even though they've seen Jesus Christ return in the clouds, they still will not repent. And remember in Thessalonians where it said, God will send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie that they all might be damned. Why is God giving them a strong delusion? Because if they repent, they will get saved. And he is the time has come for judgment, and it is to punish, not to bring them back. Revelation sixteen eight, and the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. Verse 21, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Alright, so you see that the judgment of a reprobate it's different than the judgment of saved. Chastisement from God for a believer, it keeps us from sin and destruction. God punishes us to keep us from greater harm, but when it comes to the reprobate, it is just to punish them and their minds literally are warped. These people were in Revelation, we see, are incapable of repenting. God does not want them to repent. He is Wanting to judge them. Okay? Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If these people want to, if people want to get saved, now's the time to do it. If they're going to get, you know, repent, now is the time to do it. After Jesus Christ returns, alright, and takes his people to heaven, he's going to be pouring out his wrath, but yet the rules still apply. You repent, you're going to be saved. For whose service shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he literally sends them a strong delusion, literally gives them over to a reprobate mind to make sure they don't repent. And even today, people who are reprobate, you see all these things they're going through and you would think, maybe now they'll understand the error of their ways and they'll call on God for forgiveness. No, they won't. Not if they're a reprobate. If they are a reprobate, they will, they'll just blaspheme God. You know, they'll curse God and they will continue doing the things that they're doing. Titus chapter 1, uh, verse 15 says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. 
They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Okay? Their mind has been changed. It's been warped. God has changed the way they think. They will never see reality again. And no consequence or punishment will stop them from pursuing that animal lust. We're not going to take time to go back and turn there, but remember in Genesis chapter 19 when the men of Sodom, they saw those angels that were there and they came to Lot's house and they're trying to get Lot to let them into his house so they could rape these men. And you see in that story that the angels smite the men with blindness. And then, but you know what the Bible says? They wearied themselves to find the door. They have just gone blind, but they were so consumed with carrying out their perverted acts on these men that they're not even thinking about the fact that they're blind, that this is judgment for God. They're just, how are we going to find the door now? You know, we got we got to find a way to get in there while we're blind. And even today, while these people are suffering from just disease and all these horrible things, I mean, they deal with depression like you wouldn't believe. I mean, many of them are medicated like you wouldn't believe to help cope with their lifestyles. And they don't see that as judgment. Maybe I better stop. They're just still trying to find, all right, what do I have to do now to pursue this? Oh, I got a disease. Okay, well, what, you know, so what do I have to do different now so I can still carry out my perversion? I mean, it's just. There, there's no stopping them. Why? Because God didn't want these men of Sodom stop because God intended to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And God did destroy Sodom and Gomorrah that very night. And even though they were blind, I'm telling you right now, I'm the type of person if all of a sudden I went blind, man, I'm forgetting about everything else. I'm not. I'm going to quit preaching. I'm going to go find a doctor. Somebody help me. I'm blind. I need to get this fixed. What is going on? They didn't do that. They just kept pursuing what they had in their minds to do. And consequences or punishment, it, it's not going to stop them. You, can, you know, If a person wants to go and think, oh, I'll stop and do like this terrorist did and go and try hurting these people, trying to kill these people, it's not going to stop them from doing what they do. It's not going to help one bit. Listen, God, it, they're already being dealt with. The depression, the diseases, all these things... And it's not meant to help them. It's meant to punish. It's meant to destroy. Their minds have been changed. They've been warped. And that's why you got to make sure if if you know somebody that's kind of going down that path, they're kind of leaning that direction, man, get to them quick because I don't know where the line is where they are finally reprobate. We don't know. Okay, I don't care who I meet, what they've done. You know, I'm going to always try to witness to somebody. I'm always going to try to get people to repent. I'm going to try to get people saved. If they're still breathing, I'm going to work on them. I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I can do. But if I fail, okay, I'm not going to wonder if there's something wrong with the Word of God. I'm not going to wonder if I did something wrong. The truth is, they may just be reprobate. And when a person is reprobate, there is no coming back. For some people, the way they glorify God... It's through their own destruction. And God's Word's always right. And the self-destruction of a reprobate, it's further proof that God's ways are the best ways. And that His Word is always right and it's always truth. And 
we are in a sad, sad place in our nation today when we are celebrating this a behavior so destructive, so wicked. I don't know how a person could celebrate that and consider themselves to be loving, caring person. I don't know how preachers are out there. Okay, you know, preachers they ought to be the ones who are the most loving. They're the ones that you know know the Word of God, preach the Word of God. And preacher, they call themselves preachers and they're not willing to preach against this type of thing. They're not willing to warn against that. How in the world is that love? I can't think anything of anything more hateful than to have maybe some young person come talk to you that maybe is leaning that way and then you just encourage them in that. There are churches here in town that literally have support groups for these people. Young people, after they get off of school, if they're dealing with these issues, you know, gender identity issues and stuff, they go and they encourage these people. How is that loving? Just read the statistics on the life expectancy of these people, the things they deal with, the diseases they have, the emotional problems, and churches are encouraging that? That's the most hateful thing I've ever heard of. That it's cruel. It's wicked. And you know, and I expect some of this stuff from our government when you see some of the people that are running it, but from churches? Our schools, you know, our schools that they're working with the kids. They are encouraging these things. They are celebrating it. You know, there's a teacher right here in Sterling that's got the big LGBT flag right there in her schoolroom. Promoting that, celebrating it, encouraging kids to come out, hey, explore. Are you crazy? What in the world? How could you be that way with another human being? Listen, there's people out there that I don't like, but you know what? I can't imagine, you know, killing somebody in cold blood. I mean, if I had to kill somebody to protect myself, protect my family, I'd do it. I'd blow their brains out if somebody breaks into my house. I've got guns. I'll take care of them. But you know what? I'd feel bad about it. And, but you know, there's people out there that are sick, they're twisted, that can literally kill people and not bother them one bit. There's people out there that can torture people. I, the, per, you know, the people I can't stand the most, I can, can just cannot imagine torturing somebody. I cannot even imagine that. I, I have a conscience. And what, I mean, what kind of sicko would do that I can't imagine watching somebody hurt themselves. I would hate to see somebody commit suicide or you know, watch, just watching somebody hurt themselves. I, I, I can't look at that type of thing. But yet, we have people in our own government, people teaching in our schools that are encouraging kids into this type of lifestyle. Not trying to warn them. Not trying to stop them. I mean, just how sick and twisted... Do you have to be? I think so much of our society, I think we've got a lot more demon-possessed people out there than we think. I don't understand that type of thinking and behavior at all. And don't get fooled by the news media and the liberals into thinking that you're being loving when you support these people and you're hateful when you think like I do that it's wicked and you try to encourage people not to go that way. Okay, They're lying. Okay, This is truth. We are the ones that are being loving, telling the truth. I am the loving one tonight, telling the truth about this lifestyle. I'm telling the truth because I care. If I wanted to be popular, I'd just, you know, 
dress up in a little Tinkerbell outfit and, you know, prance around, encouraging that type of thing, waving the flag, marching in their parade. But you know what? I'm sorry. I can't do that. I just I don't have it in me. I'm not that cruel. I can't purposefully hurt people and see people destroy themselves. I'm a Christian. I've been called to spread the gospel. I've been called to be a watchman. I've been called to spread the truth and warn people. And it's just in me. It is in my blood. It is in my spirit. And I can't do anything else except tell the truth. And you know what? I just I don't care what the world says about it. I care about people too much to just stand silent. And so, but I want it's important that we understand that mind of a, of a reprobate, what's going on, and whatever we can do to prevent people from getting to that point. Boy, we have got to do it. If you care about people, you will do that. And so, with that, let's all stand together tonight. Reprobate pride.